Voyage. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, what's going on? Jack Austin here with Seven Land Productions, here to talk to you about Fever Dreams, a pulp collection and its newest offering, Unbalanced. This latest episode of Fever Dreams is about a private investigator trying to live up to his father's legacy who investigates the murder of a gymnast. It's actually a bit of a lighter tone uh, than some of the most recent episodes in the series. There's humor, there's romance. If you're a big fan of the show Monk, this is probably going to be the show for you. So check it out. Go on over to feverdreamspodcast.com and check out all the other offerings. Stay tuned to check out Unbalanced. Jenny Lee's lifeless body lay before me, crumpled next to the balance beam that seemed to stand watch over her. She was just 16 and still in her leotard. I looked away. She was only three years older than my Noel. This was the reason I'd stayed a P.I. and never become a homicide detective like Dad. Well, he'd been gone five years, but I could still hear his voice on the old dictaphone. Now, look, when you show up at a murder scene, it's always upsetting. Just is. Even for an old poker face like me. But that's the job, so don't block it out. Use it. Follow the upset. Follow the trail. The perp wants you to be upset, so you've got to think like the perp. But the catch is, you've got to think like the victim, too. I was the lead PI in our firm now, but I still missed him. In a big way. Job one is to case the murder scene like a bloodhound. Adam, thanks for coming in so quickly. And Tamara, are you okay? No, it's just, I know her, kind of. My brother was her gym teacher at Franklin Hills. She won the sit-up contest so many times they made her a plaque. I, I can't even imagine. Where are things at? Tamra was my partner and the best hire I'd ever made. She was green, but bold as a honey badger, and sometimes just as mean. Well, she was also beautiful and charming, and it seemed like half the town was a little in love with her. Or at least, I was. Well, her body was discovered this morning by Bella Carew, her coach who also owns the gym. The text just got here, but this is what we've got. Sheriff Holden stood before a table covered with bagged evidence. Likely, she was killed by a blow to the head, and it seems her attacker, or attackers, entered through the back door. The files in the office were ransacked, some stolen, along with several hundred dollars cash, plus trophies from the national championships. So, what's your theory? Well, that Jenny was surprised by burglars, who thought the building was empty. When they discovered her, they panicked and hit her. Probably with a crowbar, or something like it. Oh my god, unthinkable. Sheriff, I've only assisted with one homicide, and Tamara's worked zero. Uh, Adam? 
Adam. This may be related to the burglaries you've been assisting us with. Plus, state police are stretched thin, and I don't have a guy on the force who has worked a homicide, so I'd rather deputize the two of you. Well, I appreciate that, but a case like this, that would require us to work around the clock, and I'm currently raising a 13-year-old on my own, so... Hey, I'm not asking for a freebie, Adam. You know this town, and we can pay your going rate. Plus, your PIs. You can operate outside all the red tape. And on top of that, I trust you. Uh, um, Adam, a, a word? Uh, tell me this is a negotiating ploy. That you're not thinking of turning down the highest profile case we could ever dream of catching. I know, I know. It's just, I need to think it over. Think what over? Uh, what if Noelle had a class with her? I mean, do I really want to be bringing that home every night? Okay. I know it's a lot when it's already a lot. But you're not raising her alone, you know? She's got her Aunt Tamara here. But this was my dad's beat. I, uh, I know you miss him. And I, I know you know this, but you have solved a murder before. I, that was different. I, those cops were lazy. I just did the work they refused to do. Exactly. You solved a murder. On your own. She wasn't wrong, but it was hard to take credit for solving the murder of Noelle's mother. It was the tragedy that had allowed me to adopt Noelle. But it felt like more of a lived reality than something to put on my resume. Look, I get it. I do. But you refusing to do your job isn't going to change what happened to Noelle. <sighs> I mean, Adam, come on! That's why you should do it. To catch whoever did this and stop it from happening to someone else's daughter. All right, all right, all right. Sheriff, we're in. Tamra and I immediately cased the gym. We stood next to the balance beam, facing the back door and eyeing the distance between the two points. Hmm, that's a good distance, right? Yeah. So why didn't Ginny run away as soon as she saw her intruders break in? I'm thinking she knew the person. Or didn't feel threatened. Okay, okay. Maybe she was even happy to see them. Mm. Oh, God. Who would do this? Then Sheriff Holden showed us his initial photos of the glass breakage on the back door. What are we looking at? Look, if you break the glass from the outside, it should fall inward from the impact in a pretty haphazard pattern. You see the glass here? Look, it's been swept into a line. The door could have acted like a broom if it sits low enough to the ground. Mm. Well, that's easy enough to test. With Tamra filming on her phone, I dropped a pebble inside the back door, then opened the door, the bottom of which cleared the pebble with plenty of room. There goes that explanation. Why would someone break in and then sweep the glass into a line? I don't think anyone broke in. But, wait, what? The intruders had a key. Or Ginny let them in. Or the door was unlocked. I think the killer panicked and broke the glass from the inside after killing Ginny. The killer then realized that mistake, but, but in a rush, they used what was on hand to sweep the glass inside, hoping nobody would notice. Well, if that's true, there'd be tiny glass shards outside the back door that our killer wouldn't have seen or been able to clean up. Also true. Using the flashlight app on her phone, Tamara scanned the ground directly outside the back door, 
revealing hundreds of tiny glass fragments that glittered beneath the light. Adam, look. You're right. <laughs> Why do you sound so surprised? Oh, get over yourself. I'm calling Sheriff Holden. Too late. If you're right, and I'm not saying you are, then somebody meant to do that girl harm. And, um, if that's the case... Well, we'd have to start from scratch. Uh. Until we conclusively rule out the, uh, burglary gone bad theory, I'm going to keep my deputies on that angle while you two explore this new theory. For now, I don't want you to speak a word about this to anyone else, understood? That night, we went to Jenny's house. We interviewed her devastated parents in their living room. They were in shock, but their anger was brewing. They wanted to hear news, an arrest, something. So they were disappointed that we'd come empty-handed. And even more so, once they realized we wanted their alibis. But the conversation was interrupted by footsteps on the staircase. What's going on? Ginny's parents introduced the teen before us as Michaela, their other daughter, and Ginny's identical twin sister. Uh, good to meet you, Michaela. I'm Tamara, and this is Adam. We're working with the sheriff. Could you show us Ginny's room? Ginny's room was filled with posters of famous gymnasts and inspirational quotes, shelves full of gymnastic medals and framed family photos. Michaela crawled onto Ginny's bed and clutched one of her sister's many stuffed animals. So, what should we know? Well, about a year ago, Ginny started pulling away from her old group of friends. Why? I guess she realized they didn't have much in common. Some of them have been in gymnastics with her forever, but the others got less serious about it while Ginny went the other way. Anything else? She started getting close to Riley Parker, the gymnastics phenom. Mm, I've heard about her. They trained together at Bella's for years, but Riley was always in a different league and arrogant. Ginny thought Riley would help her improve, and she did improve, which was great, but she got kind of stuck up too, like Riley. I loved my sister, but she could be selfish and jealous. Jealous? In what way? If she wanted something, she'd find a way to get it. Did you see her at school that day? At lunch. She was her normal self. And that night, after you got home? Ginny was supposed to be at her friend Carla's house, so my parents and I got takeout at like 8.30, then came home. They watched TV. I did homework, then went to bed. And neither Carla nor her parents called to say Jenny hadn't shown up? No. I followed Michaela's eyes as they flitted to Ginny's desk and her laptop. Any idea what the password for Ginny's computer and phone might be? Tamara and I left with the laptop. We had the feeling Michaela and her family were holding back, but we had to move on. We were late to our next stop, the home of Bella Carew, Ginny's coach. Detectives? Inside, Bella ushered us onto a couch that was barely big enough for two people. Sorry, this is just all so hard to process. Ginny was such a kind, thoughtful young woman. We gather she improved a lot recently. 
Yes, uh, she was coming into her own. So, who else beside you had keys to the gym? Uh, well, uh, Lisa James, my assistant, has a key. So does Riley Parker. Mm -hmm. Why? Is Riley the only non-employee with a key? Uh, yes, uh, she's had keys for years. Okay, okay. Uh, was Riley at the gym the night Ginny was killed? Yes, she almost always stays late. And Lisa was there until 8.30. And uh, how about you? Where were you? I was there from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., like most days. I teach the little ones in the morning, then do admin from noon to 3, and mm -hmm. then I work with my older girls from 3 to 7. Uh, here's a list of all our current students. Thanks. So, again, to clarify, when you left that night, who was still here? Well, uh, Carla was in the showers, and Lisa was working with Riley, and uh, Jenny was in the main hall. Did Jenny normally stay that late? More so this past year. She was always talented, but she used to hold back. Then, it's like a light switched on. She started to put in the work and take her talent to the next level, and it paid off. Did Jenny have any enemies? Rivals? Uh, anyone at school giving her a hard time? Uh, the sheriff said Jenny was killed by a bungled robbery. How is this relevant? We have to cover all our bases, so that some defense lawyer down the line can't accuse us of having tunnel vision. Riley's a fierce competitor, but I can't imagine her feeling threatened by Ginny, if that's what you're implying. Ginny was trying to make nationals. Riley placed fifth at nationals last year and is preparing for Olympic trials. Tamara and I drove back to the office in silence. Something was working on me, but I didn't know what it was yet. Have you ever heard of a gymnast killing a potential rival? Tanya Harding almost went that far. Competition does weird things to people. Maybe. Or maybe it was just the 90s. Yeah, whatever you say. I was in diapers. My dad and Tamara, and FYI, he's crazy in love with her, and too scared to tell her, told me they were working the Ginny Lee murder case. I guess dad was super worried about investigating it because of me, but I told him that was stupid. Because of course I wanted him to solve it. I also really wanted to help on it, but he never lets me. Anyway, I didn't know Ginny personally, but a girl named Riley in my chemistry class did, and I felt really bad for her. You're Noelle, right? From AP Chem? Mind if I sit here? Oh, yeah, sure. Hi. I'm Riley. I know. Oh. Is that the homework from today? Uh-huh. Where do you get all those numbers? They're in the elemental table, at the front of the book. You memorized all that? Yeah, haven't you? Want some hummus? Oh, can't, I'm allergic. Oh, to hummus? Wow. Well, maybe to chemistry too, but yeah, I'm allergic to basically all legumes, including chickpeas, but especially peanuts. They're legumes? Yeah, I'm deathly allergic. I once ate a chocolate chip cookie that had been on a plate next to a peanut butter cookie, and my throat swelled up so bad I almost suffocated. That's awful. Are you okay? You know, you're the first person who's asked me how I'm doing. Seriously? Aside from my mom. People here don't think I have feelings. I think they're just intimidated. You're like a celebrity. Yeah, a celebrity everyone hates. I don't hate you. You barely know me. 
I'm a one-trick pony, great at gymnastics and not much else. I'm sure that's not true. I'm not even sure I like gymnastics anymore. Now that Ginny's gone. <laughs> she was basically my only friend. Hey, I'll tutor you if you want. Seriously? You do that? Of course. Sheriff Holden called me that night. Hey, Adam. I just got the autopsy report from the medical examiner. Great. What's it say? Well, there is a cause of death, but there's a few other interesting details I want you to look over. I'm shooting it to you now. The next morning, Tamara and I showed up at the high school to interview Riley. The principal set us up privately in the student lounge. Ginny was practicing her beam routine when I left. And what time was that? About 8.30. I left her my keys so she could lock up. Then I went to get my brother from the babysitters. And after that? I went home, made dinner, finished my homework, and went to bed. Okay, well, uh, we'll need the name and number of your brother's babysitter, okay? You think I'm lying? <laughs> we just have to rule you out as a suspect. Standard procedure. Someone I worked out with every day was killed. And you accuse me of murder? We're not accusing you of anything. No, you're implying it like everyone else. You know why I liked Jenny? Because she didn't pretend to be nice to my face and then trash me behind my back. So you two were friends. Why is that so hard to believe? It's not. It's just a question. Yes, I considered her my friend. After you got home, did you go back out? Call anyone? See anyone else? No, I was exhausted like I am most nights, so I was in bed by 10. Were your parents home? My mom's a NICU nurse who works nights four days a week, so no. She got home at 5 a.m., we had breakfast together before she crashed, and I got ready for school. I saw Tamara write in her notebook exactly what I was thinking. No alibi. Did Jenny have a boyfriend? Riley. I think Jenny would want you to do everything you could to help us catch her killer. Don't you? But that has nothing to do with it. We won't know which information is important until we've looked into everything. We need a name, Riley. It's Jonah Talbot, okay? But don't tell anyone I told you. Hi, Sheriff. How many messages? Uh, okay, I'll, I'll check them out now. Whoa, Adam, check these out. Hundreds upon hundreds of texts between Michaela and Jenny. Wow. Uh, anything interesting? Uh, example, page one. Michaela, back off, creep. Jay was mine first. Find your own bay. Uh, Jenny, stop flaming. What? Jay's my bay now. You're the creep. Sip tea. Oh, God, I don't... Note to self, never let me let Noelle get a phone. She doesn't have a phone? But she's in high school, in the 21st century. Hey, she's 13 years old. <laughs> I gave her my old pager. That'll do for now. Oh, my God. You need an intervention. No, what I need is you to get the principal to bring in Jonah Talbot. So, what's this about? Have a seat, Jonah. We found some intriguing text on Jenny's phone. 
Kayla texted her the day before she was killed. They were fighting. Any idea why? No. Why should I know? Because according to the text, you were dating Jenny. Which Michaela didn't like because you were dating her first. And in case you didn't know, dating one twin after the other is the textbook definition of sketchy. Pretty sketchy. Maybe it was more complicated, huh? Maybe you could help us understand? I never really dated Ginny, okay? We just started going out when she died. It wasn't serious. Huh. Well, you don't seem too upset by her death. Ginny was a great person, and what happened to her is a tragedy. What else am I supposed to say? Wow. Okay. Okay, Prince Charming. When did you last see Jenny? We talked after school by the lunch benches the day she died. And what did you talk about? Those messages Michaela sent. The ones warning Jenny to stay away from me. So you did know about those? Yeah, but it wasn't a big deal. Jenny was upset by the text, so I told her we should cool things off until Michaela chilled out. And did she? Yeah, Michaela came over to my house that night and we talked. Tamara and I looked at each other. If this kid was telling the truth, Michaela was lying. That night after dinner, Noel and I were curled up on opposite sides of the couch in my study. I was studying my notes and the autopsy report, and Noelle was finishing her homework. It's weird enough that adults like coffee, but are you sure you're supposed to have it at night? Oh, well, thanks for the reminder. Time for a refill. Can I get you anything? Um, someone else in your life? What? What about Tamara? She's nice, and a lot of guys date women out of their league. <sighs> okay. Can this discussion wait till I'm not working on a murder investigation? Thank you. At least till I've had a refill on my coffee. Yuck. Suit yourself. Oh, hey, and stay out of my notes. Says the professional snooper. Brilliant idea, Dad. Findings unrelated to cause of death. What is this? Peanut dust found in throat and nasal passageways. No allergic reaction present. What the... I thought you said I could start helping out at the office. Well, I mean, sure. If, if you're serious, you could answer some phone calls. I'm more than just a cute voice. True, true. You are a 13-year-old taking AP Chem. You have a lot to offer. Can I ask you a question? If you didn't have me, would you go on dates and try to meet women? I do have you. You're the most important person in my life, so I can't answer a hypothetical question that forces me to imagine my life without you. Okay? <sighs> I'm almost 14. I know you had your dad, but at least he was a guy. I don't have anyone to talk about female things. Right, I get that. But I hope you know there's nothing to be embarrassed about. You can always tell me anything and everything, and, and I'll always be there for you. I know. But have you ever been a teenage girl? Not that I can recall, no. Well, Tamara has. And you know you want to ask her out, but you never do. And that's just nuts. I do like Tamara. <laughs> a lot more than like. Look, it, it's complicated. We, we, we work together. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. 
Sometimes I missed my dad most when I felt like I was failing at being a dad. Just one more question. What do you do when you get stuck on a case? Well, that's one heck of a last question, but fine, I'll bite. First of all, everyone gets stuck, as you put it. And if they say they don't, that's a bunch of bull. But all getting stuck means is that you're working through a difficult problem. What you absolutely have to do is go back to the facts. You have to be ruthless. Toss everything else aside. The next morning, Tamra and I met Sheriff Holden at the station. He'd called Michaela in to speak with us. You lied to us about where you were the night Jenny was killed. Now is your chance to come clean without facing any consequences. And, uh, just a note, you might not get that chance later. <sighs> a few months ago, my parents installed the Find My Phone app on all of my devices, so I started leaving it behind. Okay, so where were you the night Jenny was killed? With... Shona Talbot. The two of you were dating? For a while, yeah. But then he started being a jerk, so I broke up with him. Then he started seeing Ginny to make me jealous, and I guess it worked. I went to Jonah's house that night to tell him that if he stopped dating Ginny, we could get back together. And he agreed. Alright, we're gonna need to confirm that. After we left, Sheriff Holden was able to reach Jonah's dad, and his account backed up Jonah's. So Michaela did have an alibi. But then Holden called back and said there was something else. We compared the shoe prints found at the gym by the crime lab with the shoe prints of all the people we know were inside the gym. All of the gymnasts, plus Bella Carew and her assistant coach, Lisa James. One print doesn't belong to any of those people. It's a size 11 men's work boot. Hmm, which could belong to our killer. Do you know a man by the name of Sean Yarborough? The handyman? He was over here fixing my gutters last month. With all the rain, I was about to call him back. Uh, well, don't. He worked for Bella, too, and I'm about to pay him a visit. An hour later, Tamara and I were joining Sheriff Holden to question Sean. He'd bolted when the sheriff showed up, then was tackled in a citizen's arrest and brought in. Uh, you know why you're here? Because of Douglas? Uh, what? Who's Douglas? Don't play me for a fool. You know who Douglas is. He's my best friend in the whole wide world, and he's been missing for a week. Sean, listen to me. We want to sort this situation out. I promise, no one's playing you. So, can you tell me why you think you're here? Can I just show you on my phone? Knock yourself out. That's Douglas. I'm sorry, you think you were arrested because of a goat? He's not just any goat. He's trained, and he's smart, and he's my friend. And I'm guessing I'm here because Gary said he was going to call the police, and he did. Is Gary also a goat? Gary's my apartment manager. When he found out about Douglas, he threatened to evict me unless I got rid of him. Okay, so if Douglas is missing and Gary took him, why would Gary call the police to fix a problem that no longer needs fixing? Then why am I here? Where were you Monday night? Monday night, I was running around town, handing out missing posters for Douglas. Did anyone see you? Dozens of people. I was knocking on doors in my building and all around the neighborhood, handing out flyers from the time I finished work until about 10 p.m. And after 10? In my apartment, getting yelled at by Gary for disturbing my neighbors with the missing posters. 
after that, I went on every social media site I could think of, asking if anybody'd seen Douglas. What size boot do you wear, Sean? Eleven. Why? Okay. Uh, we don't think you had anything to do with the murder, but we need to rule you out. Could we borrow your shoes for a second? You trying to trick me? Uh, you're a smart guy, Sean. I, I don't think we could trick you. We just want to borrow your shoes and then we'll bring them right back. I took the boots to the sheriff's team, and they got to work creating impressions. Meanwhile, Sheriff Holden called Gary, Sean's apartment manager, and he confirmed everything Sean said. Your boots. Thanks. When's the last time you were at Bella's gymnasium, Sean? Uh, last Friday afternoon. Bella asked me to install a security camera on the front of the gym. But the camera wasn't installed. That's not true. No, it was affixed to the outside of the building, but it, it wasn't set up to record. I helped Bella set up an online account link to that camera. I showed her how to view the footage in real time on her computer and phone. Are you sure? Bella told us it wasn't set up to record. All I can tell you is that I set it up to record and store the recordings to the cloud before I left last Friday. Unless Bella disabled the storage function, she should have that security footage. Can you, um, can you show us? Sheriff Holden brought in his laptop, and Sean logged into the account connected to the security camera he installed at Bella's gym. Go to settings, and select view recordings. It says you have no stored recordings. Well, that's weird. I set it to store all recordings until the account ran out of storage space. Uh, try going to storage options. Uh, it says storage disabled. Yeah, then she definitely changed it. Try account history. Okay, the initial setup happened last Friday at 11.54 a.m. That was me. And then on Sunday at 8.22 p.m., someone at a different ISP logged in and disabled those permissions. Hopefully that user's ISP is public. Mm, look. Oh, I just searched it. Bella Carew. <sighs> So Bella disabled the video recording at her gym the night before Ginny Lee was murdered? It appears so. Mm, time to get search warrants. When I got home, Noelle was passed out on the couch, next to an empty pint of ice cream. Come on, Rebel. Time for bed. <sighs> Did you solve the case? No, but we're close. Dad... I did something I really shouldn't have, and I'm really sorry. What are you talking about? I looked at your notes. I saw the autopsy report. What? You did what? I know. But I discovered something important. <sighs> Noelle, I've told you a thousand times. It said there was peanut powder all over Ginny's body. See, and this is why I can't trust Dad, you. Dad, Riley Parker's allergic to peanuts. The next morning, Tamara and I joined Sheriff Holden at the gym to meet with Bella. So, uh, how can I help you? This'll only take a second. Riley Parker informed you that she wanted to quit gymnastics a week before Ginny was killed, right? Yes, but that's classic Riley. She always comes to her senses. Mm -hmm. And you've coached Riley how long? Since she was six. Six years old. So you know her pretty well. She's like a daughter to me. Oh. So, of course, you know about her peanut allergy. Yes. Right. You see, the thing is, boy, you seemed distraught when Tamara and I first interviewed you about Ginny Lee's murder. And honestly, I don't think you were faking. Of 
course I wasn't faking. Ginny was an angel and the kind of gymnast every parent wants their kid to be. But she wasn't allergic to peanuts. Riley is. So it must have been a horrible shock when you returned to the gym that night. I don't know what you're talking about. Sure you do. You mixed the peanut powder into the chalk, right? Thinking Riley would use it. But when you returned, not only Riley wasn't dead, she wasn't even there. Instead, there is cute little Jenny practicing on the beam, trying her hardest, using the adulterated chalk meant for Riley. So what happened, Bella? Why did you kill her? I, I didn't kill anyone. Then why did you disable the security camera Sean Yarbrough set up for you the Friday before Jenny was murdered? Huh? Anything? I'm not saying another word until I talk to my lawyer. We knew that once Bella was lawyered up, we wouldn't get another word out of her. We needed more ammo. We needed the murder weapon. And when we showed back up with the warrant, I was determined to find it. I walked over to the balance beam and paused. Where would you look, Dad? I tried to remember what he always used to say. What exactly was it? Don't beat a dead horse, but do kick it a little to make sure it's actually dead. You get it? Don't assume a thing. Because all you've got are the facts, Adam. And once you know exactly what you've got, you go back and list every possible theory of the case, starting with the least complicated. You see? Did I? I wanted to. I had to. So I kept walking around the beam, taking in everything in the gym around me. And then I stopped the uneven parallel bars. I approached them. Hey, I already checked those. But I ignored the sheriff and jumped up on the higher bar, swinging from it for a moment. Hey, do we have a ladder? Tamara found one, and with the added height, I could easily hold the high bar. I jiggled it, then removed it from its perch and handed it to Sheriff Holden. I examined the ends of the bar. One was topped with a round metal cap, but the other end was dented, so I carefully wriggled it off, then turned the bar over, and a thinner, hollow metal bar fell to the ground, and one of its ends was stained red with blood. Later, at the sheriff's office, Sheriff Holden, Tamara, and I sat across the table from Bella and her lawyer. Your fingerprints are all over the murder weapon, which was hidden inside your equipment in your gym. You disabled the security camera the night before the murder. The peanut protein powder supplement we seized from your house matches the peanut powder found on Jenny Lee. The DA believes we have enough to convict you for Jenny's murder, but we want to know why this happened. Jenny's family deserves answers. Her lawyer wasn't having it. He was only interested in whether we had an offer to make. Riley Parker was your target. But what did Riley ever do to you, hmm? Aside from everything you ever asked her to, were you jealous? Jealous? Are you kidding me? Riley's gonna make something of herself and you can't stand that. Her lawyer warned her to stop talking, but she didn't. Of course I want her to make something of herself. I've spent the last 11 years molding that girl into a star, but then she decided to change coaches and leave me in the dust? Her lawyer interjected again, but she ignored him. You're gonna let your lawyer boss you around? And I thought you were a tough, independent woman. I am tough. Riley's the weak one. She'd be nothing without me. And she didn't even have the guts to tell me to my face that she'd been talking to my rivals behind my back. She put it all in a note. 
wow. Oh, that must have been very upsetting. Because of me, Riley has a national profile and a shot at the Olympics, and she thinks she can do better? I created her. If she decided to quit, that'd be one thing. But dumping me and courting my rivals after I got her within five yards of the goal line, after all that I sacrificed for her? That's unforgivable. So you hatched your plan. Riley was always the last person at the gym. I figured she'd use the chalk and there'd be nobody there to help. She might get to her EpiPen, but that'd just buy her time. She'd be paralyzed. She couldn't call for help. Then why go back? To remove the contaminated chalk and finish the job if necessary. And what was your plan for that? It wasn't a plan so much as a general idea. I never thought Ginny'd be there. But then she was, and she saw me in all my protective gear holding the bar, and she panicked. And then I panicked. I never intended to hurt her. It's the last thing I wanted. Ginny was going to be my new star. All right, enough. That's enough for now. Interview with Bella Carew terminated at, what time was it? 6.53 p.m. The DA will take it from here. For once, it was an early night. Noel and I ordered pizza and kept it light until bedtime. Hey, listen, I'm not mad at you, but what you did to access Ginny's autopsy report... But that is a serious breach of confidentiality and trust, and it could have resulted in serious repercussions for you, and me, and Tamara. Not to mention the investigation. I know. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. Who's that? Uh, I don't know. I'll... All right, I'll be right back. Uh, hey. I got your text. You wanted to talk? Oh, yeah. Um, come in. You look lovely. I mean, well, you always do. To me, at least. Oh, um, thanks. I'm sorry. This is... I mean, if I'm crossing a line, that I shouldn't, but... Adam? Because of our friendship and and our work relationship means a lot to me, so... If I'm making you uncomfortable, please tell me, and we'll, we'll just pretend this never happened. You want me to pretend to not have heard something you haven't said? That's exactly it. No, okay, um... Look, here it is. Would you like to go out with me sometime? On a date? On a date. Can't believe I just said that out loud. Uh, of course I would. You would? Yes, you dimwit. You... Okay. Well, great. So, uh... Okay, so I'll see you at work tomorrow. <laughs> you will. And after work, you're taking me on that date. Right? Don't worry. He will. Hey, I thought I told you no more snooping. (laughs) (laughs) Fever Dreams, a pulp collection, is a production of Voyage Media. The series is produced by Nat Mundell, Robert Midas, and Dan Benamore, in association with Robert Lamb and Jack Austin of Seven Lamb Productions. This episode, Unbalanced, was produced, directed, and written by Rebecca Shankula, based on the screenplay Unbalanced by Jonathan Wolfe adapted from Henry Hoffman's novel, The Ephemeral File, which is part of the Adam Fraley mystery series of novels. You can find all the novels in the Adam Fraley series on Amazon. A link is in the show notes. Story produced by J.B. White. Editing and sound design by Jackson McLennan. Original music by Derlis Gonzalez. Starring Jason Udoff as Adam. Additional cast credits in the show notes. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or anywhere you're listening. And subscribe now for future episodes.
the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It's a tale of learning and healing. We've got a whole province going to see one overworked witch in a candy cottage that's been chewed to pieces by the local kids. Of fairies and magic. You're touching the sapphire of assessment! I'm not touching it! I'm just putting my hand near it as I focus my brainial waveforms on it. Stop it! I'm not even touching it! Of struggle against the odds. This is my team. They may not live up to your vision of a perfect, efficient department. They don't live up to my vision of a stampede in a barnyard. Ooh, kingly. That's how you know it's working. <laughs> and now, it returns at last. Alba Salix, Royal Physician, Season 2. Alba Salix, Royal Physician, from Fable and Folly. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts or look us up at fableandfolly.com.